Welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and today we're going to help you get started with the scanner radio hobby. Now, if you want to catch this in a little bit shorter form, but with some more visual aids, we have this podcast episode in a condensed format over on our YouTube channel. We'll put a link in the description with this podcast episode for that YouTube video. So before we get started here, let me just say that there are some things to look out for. These are some common mistakes, and I want to bring them up ahead of time so we can be prepared for those as we move through the five things you need to know to get started in the scanner radio hobby. Now, the first thing is, these are the common mistakes, okay? Let's just get them out of the way so that you don't feel bad so much about making these, all right? Because the first thing is, you don't know what you don't know, right? That's That should be a given but we need to give ourselves permission to learn, right? To to understand that we might make a mistake. We might buy the wrong scanner. We might get into something and not understand how the way something works. But with that said, today's guide is to help you as best as we can to avoid that first common mistake. The second common mistake is buying the wrong scanner for your area. And I see this again all the time on message boards. I want to listen to X, Y, and Z, I bought scanner number, model number one, two, three, and a lot of the responses are, I'm sorry, but you're not going to be able to listen to that agency with the scanner model you purchased. You need to buy this other one. And that comes into, you don't know what you don't know, and also a tip that we have in this podcast episode to prevent you from doing just that. Another common mistake is your area is encrypted, and now you're disappointed. Again, this falls right under again. You don't know what you don't know. And today's guy is going to help you hopefully understand if your area is encrypted before you go ahead and buy the hardware and realize that your heart's broken. Okay. And finally, another common mistake that we see is you buy a scanner, but now all of a sudden you need to upgrade that scanner to listen to what it is you want to listen to. Maybe you need to upgrade your antenna. Maybe you need to buy a, an upgrade for DMR or NXDN or something like that, right? So these are some common mistakes I have seen. Now, our four steps here will help you overcome these four common mistakes as well. So what you should know before you get started, before you even buy your first scanner radio, maybe you already have your first scanner radio in hand, but Let's ignore that for now because this guide is going to be into just getting started before you have your scanner. Step one, make a list of what it is you want to listen to. So if that's your local police department, be specific. My town police department, my county police department, my city, my county sheriff's office, my city fire department, my county fire department, my town fire department. 
EMS, Office of Emergency Management, maybe the hospitals, maybe you want to listen to DPW, utilities, the power company, the gas company, just in case it hits the fan and you want to know when your lights and your gas come back on. There are things out there, right, that might be something you need to pay an upgrade for. This is why it's very important to not just say, I want to listen to police and fire and EMS. No, no, no. You're going to have to drill down on this one. When you write out your list, and I, I, I stress this, if you're just getting started in the hobby right now, don't make a mental list. Make a physical list, and I'm going to tell you why when we go into another step, why it's very important for you to have a physical list here. Here's a hint for you, though. Go to a site like Broadcastify.com. You may even have an app on your phone that you listen to scanners with. Maybe you don't even know there's one on your phone. But if you go onto your apps, if you go onto your device's app store, one I recommend is Scanner Radio by Gordon Edwards. That's the one that I use. But there's other scanner radio apps out there like Broadcastify, 5.0 Radio. Many people have their own preferences as to what you want to use. Now, go to Broadcastify, you can do it on your computer or you can do it on an app and see if there's even a live scanner feed set up for your area. If you can find one and hear activity, there's a good chance that you are going to be able to buy a scanner and hear the same activity. Okay, There is an exception here though and the exception would be if there's any delayed feeds that have been set up by a law enforcement agency with an agreement with Broadcastify to time shift or time delay the scanner radio feed so that it's delayed by 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it is they agree to. I believe there might be one or two of those feeds set up now. I'm not really aware of any specific examples, but I am pretty sure I've seen in passing that that is something that is set up. So again, a summarized step one here is make a detailed list of what it is that you want to listen to. Okay, step two here is setting up a little bit of an expectation. How far away do you want to listen to? Here's the deal. RF works line of sight. RF being radio frequencies. Radio frequencies being what it is you want to listen to, right? This is the the magic over the air (laughs) from the transmitter to our scanner or our receiver from antenna to antenna, okay? Realistically, with a scanner radio, there are variables that determine exactly how far away it is that we can monitor, okay? Some of those variables are, where are you located? Where is your scanner radio physically located? Are you in a basement? Are you on a ground floor? Are you in an apartment building 10, 20 stories up, right? The higher your antenna, the better your reception could be. I said could be and should be, okay? Number two, where is the transmitter? Now, some systems like Trunk Radio Systems have multiple transmitter locations and they all linked together and they transmit at the same time, all right? So that could definitely improve your reception, all right? But Again, you're not going to have a statewide system and expect to hear clear across the state. That's not how these trunk systems work. They have smaller, broken-down regions. And again, you have to remember where some of these radios are transmitting on, that's the same site that other people are going to be on. And those who are listening on as far as the two-way radio system goes, 
that's the only place that those talk groups are going to be maintained. So if you are in the northeast side of your state and you're on a statewide system, chances are very good you're not going to hear this, the talk groups on the southwest side unless you can receive a site from the southwest side. I know this might be going over your head, but I'm just trying to set as you learn more about trunk radio systems, this will make more sense. Clear as mud right now. I understand that part. So let's simplify it even more for you here. You have a transmitter, right? This is where the repeater is, the transmitter, the signal that you're receiving comes out through a transmitter site, their antenna. Well, if their antenna is on a small rooftop, say 20 feet, and they're only putting out a low amount of power, guess what? That transmitter is not going to have a large footprint. Likewise, if you expect to listen to fire ground communications, point to point, this is portable to portable, you're going to need to be basically on scene to hear that point-to-point -point communication. It doesn't travel far. So don't be discouraged if you're listening to a fire and you can't hear the fire ground operations on your scanner. It's just not going to happen unless that fire ground frequency is repeated or it goes through a trunk system. That will improve that, that unit's or that transmitter's reception in your scanner. And I, I'm trying to explain this as best I can without doing diagrams for a podcast. Now, the other thing to remember too is a lot of these trunked radio systems that are being built these days, especially these P25 networks, they're built with officer safety in mind. And part of the, the threshold or part of their requirements, in a better way to say this, is that they need to have a certain percentage of the footprint covered with on the belt reception, and access on the network for officer safety. That means in 90-something percent of the area, an officer must be able to, outside of his vehicle, from his belt-mounted two-way radio, be able to get onto the network, transmit, be received, and also receive the network itself, right? That means, from our point of view, from a scanner radio listener, we should be able to hear that trunk system in 90-something percent of the footprint that it's set to cover. That's great for us. So we may not need an outdoor antenna. Realistically, where's our coverage going to be? Anywhere from less than a quarter of a mile, depending on what we're listening to, upwards of maybe a couple of dozen miles, realistically, without going into an outdoor antenna. You may be able to hear 50 miles, depending on what it is you're transmitting on. You may not be able to hear 50 miles. There's things I can listen to here that are 50 miles out reliably. And there's other things that are 50 miles out from here I cannot hear at all. So everything is going to be all determined on basically where you are, how high you are, what type of antenna you're using, and likewise, where the transmitter is located, how much power they're putting out, where the transmitter is actually located as far as the repeater site itself. Is it on a building top? Is it on a mountaintop? Is it on a tall tower? All these things are variables and can determine the difference in how far you can listen to. I know step two is pretty big. And really, you're not going to know this until you really try this out. So I'm trying step two is really set expectations. If you want to listen to distant city, expect not to be able to hear them. Okay. Number three, step three. Now let's clear up the mud a little bit here. What frequencies and trunk systems are in your area. This is a big one. This will determine better than anything else what type of scanner it is that you need. Now, where do you find this information? 
hands down, the best place to look for this is Radio Reference. We have a video on our YouTube channel that explains how to use the Radio Reference database and how to find things in the Radio Reference database. And again, we will link to that in the podcast description here. What you're going to do, though, to sum it up, and, and for anybody who's outside of the United States to Canada, I, I, I apologize now for this one. The information is a little bit lacking in radio reference for those local, local areas. But if you do a quick Google search, I know you should be able to find some frequencies for where you live. I have done this when I've worked with people in Australia, for example, where we were trying to find their local whatever it was they were trying to listen to. There's some good Australian frequency boards, message lists, and whatnot out there to help you find frequencies for Australia where – Areas like radio reference fall, just fall short. Now, again, no fault to radio reference in this one because they are resource-driven by the community. And if nobody submits information, it's not going to end up in radio reference. Okay, It's a community-driven type of portal in the database. Now, let's take a look at the radio reference database and how we navigate it. First of all, you're going to go to your country. You're going to go to your state, maybe your providence, depending where you live, right? what country you're in, what they call it. Then you're going to drill down to a county level right, or a township level or a parish level, again, depending where you live, where it's going to be. Then you look for your town, right, or your city. There's two things you want to look at here. As you're in the conventional area, which is basically the town or the city area, scroll through, okay? These are the first things you're going to find here are the conventional frequencies. And there might be notes saying that any town, city, police department operates on this trunk system. That might be our first clue that, okay, we need a trunking scanner. Another thing to look at, though, is as we go through, do we see things like FMN for FM narrow? That means great. Any scanner that's on the market now can be used to listen to that frequency. Do we see things like DMR or NXDN? That means we need a scanner that supports digital and NXDN and DMR. Do we see things like AM? Again, most scanners out there support AM. But also in the mode tag, do we see an E, either lowercase or capital? That E stands for encryption. And if we see that, that means we won't be able to listen to whatever has that capital E. Lowercase e means part-time encryption. Capital E means full-time encryption. If it's part-time encryption, you may be able to listen to that frequency. Now, if we look at the trunk systems for this city, and again, we can find this usually listed above the, the main category. So if it says main city fire, main city police, or you go down into municipalities and you could see what frequencies are used in there. And sometimes, or most of the time, if the database admin is doing the job properly, you will see that department XYZ is on this trunk system. So let's navigate to those trunk systems, right? By clicking that link or at the top of the page for your county or parish, whatever it is, you click on trunk systems up there. Again, we, we explain this in the video. Again, that will be linked to it in the description below. And what we want to do there is enter the trunk systems. But before we go into a particular trunk system, we want to know what kind of trunk system is it. And Radio Reference will break it down in the column on the right-hand side next to the trunk system name. Does it say it's P25? Does it say it's Motorola Type 2? Does it say it's DMR? Does it say that it is NXDN? These are all things that we need to take note of. As we go through our detailed list of what it is we want to listen to that we have written down from step one, we should be taking notes as we go through this exercise here in step two and saying, okay, this township is on this type of system. This township is on this kind of system. This township has a frequency of this. This town, right? We're, we're, we're filling through that page in that document as to what it is. 
So as we go through our trunk systems, we're going to look at, say, for example, if it's a type 2 system, do we see an A or a D in the MoTeC? An A means analog, a D means digital. If it says digital, we need a digital scanner. If we look at an EDAX system, and you may not have these systems, right? You may not have all these systems, but if you do, and there's an EDAX system, if you see A, you need an analog scanner that supports type 2 trunking. If it says D, you need a digital scanner with a Pro Voice upgrade. If it says any type of DMR, Connect Plus, Capacity Max, Capacity Plus, Moto Turbo, you will need a digital scanner with a paid DMR upgrade, with the exception being Whistler, TRX-1, or TRX-2s. Those are the current scanners on the market, and those include NXDN and DMR. But if we start digging into these and we see a P25 system, look for Ds, as in Delta, Ts, as in tango, and E's as in echo. D's as in delta will tell us it's a phase one trunk system. A T as in tango will tell us it's a phase two talk group. And E as in echo will tell us that it is an encrypted talk group. So if you see D, E, that's an encrypted phase one talk group. You see T lowercase e, that means it's a phase two part-time encrypted talk group. Okay. Take note of these because these will tell us, again, is it a phase two talk group or is it an encrypted talk group? And as we go through our list, we're going to need to know this. Okay. Now, one last thing that we need to take in mind is simulcast. Okay. And this only holds true when it comes to P25 trunk radio systems. If we have simulcast, this puts us into the upper class of scanner radios. Now, how do we know if we have simulcast on our P25 networks again only for p25 here if you look at the site name it should say simulcast next to it for example northeast simulcast rock river simulcast my town simulcast chances are if it doesn't say simulcast next to the name it's not a simulcast site and we wouldn't need a scanner capable of simulcast reception radios on the market that support simulcast are limited to the SDS-100 and the SDS-200. So again, I know a lot of this is a little difficult to digest as we go through this on a podcast episode. We go through this in a much more condensed version with visual aids in our YouTube channel. Make sure you check that out. Now, for everybody who is a Patreon supporter at the $3 a month level does not get this upcoming break. For everybody else, we will catch you all in just one moment. To support us on Patreon, go to ScannerSchool.com dot com slash patreon we'll continue with our last two steps right after this chances are pretty good that you shop online and buy things online so whether it's amazon or ebay or scanner master maybe you got a new radio and you're gonna buy new software from butel you can help support the podcast with your online purchases if you use our support page before buying things online you can support our show without it costing you a single Sent. So before you buy your groceries, your golf balls, your socks, or maybe a new radio, software, or whatever it is, we would love it if you could use our affiliate links before you make that purchase. And this will help support the show at no additional cost to you. Go to scannerschool.com support to find out how you can help us out. Thanks again. Do you feel lost when it comes to the scanner hobby? Are you looking for someone to answer your questions? Do you have a new radio and you need help understanding how it works? Or are you working on a big project and need somebody to bounce ideas off of? Do you need a little bit more personal 
assistance than what you can get from an online community and are you looking for somebody to dedicate their attention and their time to helping you out when it comes to getting you unstuck with whatever it is that you are struggling with when it comes to the scanner radio hobby i'm here to do just that See, you can book me for a session right now where I'll sit on Zoom and do a video or a screen share with you just as if I am sitting across the table and helping you out. You can book your tutoring session right now by going to scannerschool.com tutoring. I can't wait to help you out. Unication's G2 to G5 pages are great additions to your radio collection. Not only can they alert you with two-tone pager activations, but they can also monitor your local P25 simulcast systems that many scanner radios have problems receiving. And of course, many of our scanner school listeners are happily using their Unication pagers to scan their local trunk systems. How do I know? Because they've reached out to tell me. My company, East Coast Pagers, is an authorized Unication, Swiss phone, and Apollo pager dealer. We not only support departments and agencies, but also the home hobby user as well. Find us online at eastcoastpagers.com. Okay, step four. What is your budget? This is something that can be surprising to a lot of people. A new scanner radio can cost you from about $100 US to almost $700. And I know a lot of people get sticker shock when they could be spending almost $700 on a scanner. Now, we need to remember that a $100 scanner and a $700 scanner are not the same animal. Again, when we don't know what we don't know, we have no idea why a $100 scanner will not work for us when we really needed a $350 scanner. Maybe we needed a $500 scanner or the $650 to $700 scanner, right? And this all comes down to, again, doing the research from steps one, two, and three three to find out what kind of scanner it is that we actually need but we need to set our budget too because we may find that we need a p25 phase one scanner but we can't afford one and this is when it's important to understand that we might have to look into the used market and it's important to realize that there are some good radios out there online for sale that are used, that will work out just fine for us. So what I'm saying here is understand what your budget is. Understand what your requirements are, right? Steps one, two, and three have guided you into step four because now you know based on one, two, and three what it is you need. And once you've set your budget, you can find out if the scanner that you need is actually within your reach. And if it's not... There's no shame in that, right? You may just find out, well, I really want to get in the hobby, but I'm okay not listening to this, or I understand I won't be able to listen to that because I need a scanner that I can't afford. And you may just find out, I just want to dip my toes in the water, and I'm okay with not listening to everything I've requested here just so I can learn and understand how this works without dropping all of this cash into a hobby that I'm just getting started out here. There's no shame in that. A lot of us have started with very basic radios. We've learned the technology. We've learned how things have worked. And then as we improve, we start learning and getting into the trunk radio systems. I, for one, started out this way. I started off with a crystal scanner that my dad had handed down to me when I was a teenager. 
The first radio I bought myself was a handheld conventional only scanner. The next radio I bought myself years later was a desktop scanner radio that included trunked radio systems. And I learned how trunking works by buying that scanner. Up until that time, I knew about this thing called trunking. I've seen it online. I've seen talk groups. But I didn't have any radios that could listen to this. And once I bought a radio and upgraded my setup to use that, I understood what I was missing out on. And then I bought a second radio that could take portable with me. And I was able to listen to different trunk systems on there. Then eventually I bought another radio and another radio and upgraded this one. And as I was doing that, I was upgrading what it was I was able to listen to and enjoy with the hobby. So there's no shame in saying, well, I really want to listen to this, but I can't afford it. So I'll just make an exception or I'll just put that off for now and enjoy the hobby. So if you need help finding a radio for your area, you can leave a comment on the YouTube video or you can go to scannerschool.com slash tutoring where I'm available to help you one-on-one go through steps one, two, three, and now four and help you pick out a scanner radio or answer some of your questions. We sit down over Zoom and it's a one-on-one and you can ask me as many questions as you want or ask for help or I can go through, you know, help you with your programming or whatever it is you need me for for that hour. Also, we have a buyer's guide available on our YouTube channel that should help you go through each and every current radio that's out there and explain the differences between the 100 model and the $700 model. And again, that will be linked in the description of this podcast episode as well. And this brings us over to now our final step, step five, which is be prepared to ask questions and also to learn along the way. This isn't really the kind of hobby that you're just going to jump into without a little bit of prior knowledge. And I'm not saying that to scare you away. I'm saying that so that you can make the best investment as possible as you get started with the scanner radio hobby. With any hobby, there is a little bit of learning that comes and and goes with it, right? Like Let's take photography, for example, right? You're going to go out. Maybe you buy your first DSLR camera, right? And it comes with a kit lens, all right? That kit lens has a range on it, 18 to 55, 18 to 105 millimeter. What does that mean? What exactly does that mean with that range on the on that lens, right? Without doing a little bit of research, you have no idea. What if you have a DSLR that's not full frame? Well, what's the crop factor on that sensor? What's the magnification on there? All of a sudden now, you realize that that 18 to 55 isn't an 18 to 55 anymore. It's an 18 times 1.5 or 18 times 1.6, right, as your starting point. It all depends. What type of extra lens do I need for my camera? Because not all mounting platforms are the same. Do you go third party? Do you go Sigma or a Tamron or something else and mount that to your, to your DSLR to save some money, right? That is an example right there. What flash do I need? Do I need a battery grip? Do I need what's an f-stop and what does that do? I mean, how does that change the the quality of picture that I am going to take? Right? Once you start getting into the hobby of photography, you start understanding what 
the focal range is and what that means and what an ISO is and what the changing that means and all these different things that improve your your pictures. It's not the camera, right? That that improves the pictures, so to speak. It's the photographer. It's like saying, wow, this dinner is awesome. What kinds of pots and pans did you use? No, it's the chef. It's the person cooking the meal that made that meal delicious. The pots and pans made it easier. The utensils made it easier and more enjoyable to cook that meal. I mean, who likes cutting things up with dull cutlery, right? Just like the more expensive lenses and the ability to use them and to put them into a formula help improve the picture. It's still the knowledge of the person using the tool that makes that picture what it is. And just like the scanner radio hobby here, learning about what it is that you're using creates a better experience. Now, I'm not going to say that a carpenter or a cook or a photographer falls in the same aspect as just a scanner radio user, whereas one is a creative outlet and one is typically just a passive reception outlet of just sitting with your feet up on a lazy boy with a radio in your lap, right? No. But what I'm saying here is that it does take knowledge of what the tools are that you're using in order to enjoy the hobby to its full extent. You're going to learn. You're going to ask questions. You're going to find a community, right? You're going to find resources out there. You're going to enjoy this hobby a lot more when you have submerged yourself into the resources that are available. And again, I recommend putting yourself out there, reading, watching videos, listening to podcast episodes, getting out there and understanding what it is you're getting into before you get into it. Where can you find information that is out there. Well, the first one is, again, we've talked about before, Radio Reference. Radio Reference is the largest community when it comes to the scanner radio hobby. You can ask questions in many of their forums. Now, a point of advice here is if you have a location-specific question, you ask it in a location-specific forum on the website. For example, I wouldn't ask a question about New York scanning in the California forum. Right. And I would say, I want to listen to police in this town or county within that location specific forum so that more people can help you. However, if you're looking for more of a radio specific question or a technology specific question, you're going to want to ask that in those forums without getting hyper local on it because you might get a better answer on a bigger forum or a wider forum. For example, you're not going to ask questions about listening to my police department in the Uniden forum, but you might ask, I am having problems programming my Uniden, whatever it is, in the Uniden forum and not so much the local forum. Likewise, don't ask a question about your Whistler scanner in a Whistler forum. Understood? All right. The next thing is YouTube can be your friend when it comes to finding information out there on how-tos and tutorials. And there's plenty of great resources out there. One of them is a buddy of mine over at the Scanner Guys. Jonathan Higgins does a great job uh, bi-weekly at this point uh, with presentations and asking questions and answering questions at the end of every presentation. And you can get them over at the Scanner Guys on YouTube. And again, we'll put a link to that in the description below. 
And of course, we have our YouTube channel where you can go ahead and you can ask questions over there. Again, we're going to tag that plenty of times in the description of this podcast episode. We also have our Discord server where you can pop in and ask questions. And if people are active and on there at the moment, you may even get live responses from people instead of waiting. You could be a part of our Scan Nerds community by going to scannerschool.com slash discord. And finally, if you need more one-on-one help, I'm always available over at scannerschool.com slash tutoring. And you can always ask me your questions and I'll answer them on an upcoming podcast episode by going to scannerschool.com slash ask. So to summarize here, let's just realize that this is a hobby, right? And you're always going to improve your enjoyment on the hobby as you go through everything. And you may find out eventually you're going to upgrade your scanner Go for an outdoor antenna, right? Add another scanner radio to your collection. Upgrade your scanner. Maybe go buy a cheaper scanner to fill in the gaps. But I want to summarize the steps here for you. Step one, make a list of what it is you want to listen to. Very important you make that list and be as detailed as possible. Step two, set your expectations as to how far away it is you want to monitor. That may make you cross things off your list in step one. Step three, what frequencies and trunk systems are in your area. Again, we've got a great guide on how to navigate radio reference over on our YouTube channel to help you out with that. And again, steps one, two, and three will help you figure out what type of scanner radio you need. Step four is what's your budget? That will help you figure out what type of scanner you can afford based on the criteria from step one, two, and three on what type of scanner you need. And finally, step five here is be prepared to learn and ask questions. And this hobby is full of people who are out there who want to help you succeed in here. I am one of those. And again, if you have any questions, again, we are available to help you out. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, I want to take a minute here to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Altrack, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Robs, Bob Middleton, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Dombrowski, David Pasco, David C., David Kunzneski, Denny Crotty, Dylan Hyder, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramblett, Glenn Dabos, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, I Hate Junk Mail, Jack Haycock, Jacques Berry, Jake Jacobson, James Broxson, James Felling, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeod, Jeff Waldrop, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, Joe P., John Cordov, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Derby, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Mark Beebe, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Michael Meadows, Mike Lopez, Mike Piltz, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Teal, Raymond Hill, Rich Palomari, Ronnie Box, Sal Marandola, Scott Lefgrand, Terry Wright, Thomas Giampino, Tim Mazet, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. Find out more about Patreon and our support tiers by visiting scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 73.